Hello, and welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series featuring discussions on issues, services, and activities of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition, we'll be talking to Jill Clark, a disability rights and policy specialist with the county's disability services planning and development. She works in a number of capacities to eliminate the everyday barriers that people with disabilities often encounter in the community. You may remember Jill was here uh, several months ago to talk about a series of public hearings related to disability services. Today she's going to talk about disability transportation, but first a bit about Jill in case you don't remember or you're new and didn't hear her before. Grew up in Rhode Island and to escape the long winters, headed south to attend George Mason University where she earned a degree in government and international politics as well as a master's in public policy. So uh, Jill, thanks again for, for being with us. Well, thank you for inviting me back. Absolutely. A lot of good information to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, transportation options and, and stuff like that specifically. But, but before we get there, if you can, kind of review the purpose, if you will, of the Disability Services Planning and Development and the Disability Services Board. So if you could maybe kind of break those up and kind of... Sure, Jim. So Disability Services Planning and Development is my unit, and we're part of the Department of Family Services. And we're a unique little unit. There's only four of us in the unit. And we work on systems change um, and program development to improve the lives of people with disabilities. So we work closely with our county partners, different county agencies to look at physical and programmatic barriers uh, to help residents better obtain services in the county, as well as we also work with businesses in our community, providing a lot of technical assistance Mm. to them to make sure that they are serving customers with disabilities. And then we also are a resource for residents with disabilities and their family members who can contact us who are trying to navigate Mm -hmm. the very complicated maze of trying to obtain services. Yes. (laughs) So, um, and then we also, one of our roles is staffing the Disability Services Board, which is um, an advisory board. They are appointed by members of the Board of Supervisors as well as the elected officials in the cities of Fairfax and Falls Church. And they their role is to advocate on behalf of people with physical and sensory disabilities. Okay. And uh, we currently have three vacancies on the board. Oh, wow. Okay. So if anyone is interested, <laughs> we can uh, I will share Send my Send in your resume. Yes, yeah. please do. <laughs> okay. So uh, advisory board, does that, that means they don't really have any policy-making power, or do there, are there recommendations taken very seriously and, and most of the time acted upon? I mean, wh- So in their role there, they are direct link to the Board of Supervisors. Uh, we're staffed to the, to the uh, Disability Services Board, so they uh, make recommendations to the county. Mm-hmm. Um, during the budget cycle, for instance, they'll look at the county's advertised budget and make recommendations on the impact on people with disabilities. Also, um, while the county is gearing up for uh, making legislative priorities for the state general assembly session, Mm, the Board of Supervisors mm -hmm. will also submit legislative priorities. Okay. Interesting. We just had a a county conversation podcast uh, talking about the the legislative process in Fairfax County and and the office that actually works uh, in Richmond with the legislators and legislation. So that was very interesting for me. I learned a lot on that one, I know. what are we talking about 
scope of population or scope of need when we're talking about um, people needing disability services or accessible transportation that, that we're going to get into here a little bit more? Sure. So we know that 75,000 people in Fairfax County have a disability of some sort. Wow. And we actually think that that probably is a lot higher. But what we see is that there's a lot of older adults who as they age, they acquire a disability, but they don't identify as having mm. a disability. They, okay. they, you know, whether it's hearing loss or mobility issues, even though they probably are technically a person right, with a disability. Right. So we do think that that's just higher. Get, just getting old is how they say. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So the need, so what we're seeing with all of uh, the transportation options for people with disabilities is the growth is uh, surging mm. in, in every program um, just because People want to age in place. They want to stay in their community. But as they age or if they have a disability that prevents them from driving, they have to look at other options besides driving. Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of the 50-plus podcast and some of the other podcasts that we've done, uh, transportation seems to be the number one issue or problem or, or pretty close to it if it's not? Absolutely. I think in general for Fairfax County residents, transportation is always on our mind, whether it's if you're a commuter on the road right. or if um, you're not driving anymore and need to get where you need to go. So it is a major, as uh, in our unit, transportation is one of the top issues we work on, and mm. we know it's a major barrier for right. people with disabilities. Before we kind of talk about some of the, the options that, that may be uh, available, what are, I guess, are there common problems or, or common barriers that, that are associated with, with finding this appropriate transportation? Sure. I think that some of the barriers are physical barriers for people with disabilities who want to use the bus system and a, a rail system. Many of our bus stops in the county are not accessible, and that may include the uh, pathways leading up to the bus stop. Okay, so So um, maybe not necessarily the stop itself, but getting to the stop, which is... (laughs) Absolutely. If there's no sidewalks or curb ramps, it's an issue. Or a lot of bus stops don't have shelters. So Hmm. for people with disabilities and older adults who may need that protection from the sun, especially in the summer months or, or when it's raining out, it, it's a very unattractive way to travel when you have mm-hmm. to be exposed to the elements mm-hmm. without any shade mm-hmm. or protection. And so that's a huge barrier. Another is in our area, we are our transportation system, we're very good about getting commuters in and out of our our major employment centers going eastbound into Washington and, and the city, Pentagon and Arlington. But we find that during off-peak times during um, the day that there is very limited transportation options. So Mm. for people who are retired or are people with disabilities who uh, do not work but want to use our bus and rail system to get to the doctor, go shopping, go visit friends, a lot of times they might not be bus service in their neighborhood during that time or the bus may run every hour or so. So when you're trying to run a quick errand and then you have to wait an hour right, right. to get home, it's, it's, it's tough. So we, uh, so that's another big barrier. And then eligibility for our programs. Um, for instance, Metro Access, which is the region's ADA paratransit system for people who cannot use right. bus or rail due to their disability, 
It, they serve areas that are within three quarters of a mile from bus or rail service. So if you live in areas of the county, I'm thinking Clifton, Great Falls, Fairfax Station area that either don't have any bus transportation at all are very limited, mm-hmm. you may not be able to utilize the service. So that's another barrier. So you, say that again. What's the three-quarter mile rule? You have to live within three-quarter miles? So you... you Metro Access will pick you up from a location that's within three quarters of a mile from uh, bus. Of a, of a, okay. From yeah. bus service. Okay. So if you live outside of that area, you're not. It's not that you're you can't use the service at all, but you have to somehow get yourself right, into right. to a location. Which if you can't drive and if you don't have friends or family to. That seems to be almost the opposite of the way it should be. <laughs> right. Right. It, and it's a huge challenge. And um, before the what we call the Great Recession, the Metro Access served the entire uh, region. Anyone, uh, any jurisdiction that belonged to uh, Metro's compacts mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. service, but then because of budget cuts okay. and, and what they're seeing, an exploding demand of people who need Metro Access service, they scale back to what's uh, the minimum required by federal law, gotcha. which is the three quarters of a mile rule. I understand. Okay. So, uh, Physical barriers, time of travel issues, eligibility—kind mm-hmm. of the three, three main. Those, I would say, those are the three main. And of course, for people who are living on a very fixed income, cost is is mm-hmm. also yeah, another sure, barrier. Sure, sure, okay. So, uh, before we talk about, uh, kind of dive more into it, let's, I, I guess we've we've heard some of these problems or issues or challenges. Let's let's get this overview first about what then is available when we're talking about transportation options, and then we can can, can dive down in a little sure. bit. Sure. So as I mentioned before, Metro Access, which is run by Metro, is our um, region's ADA paratransit system. So it provides door-to-door transportation. So that's mm-hmm. a really good option for people with disabilities who would need that extra assistance getting to the door um, or or leaving their home uh, for travel if they need that extra hand and guidance. And it runs during the service hours that the bus system and our rail system runs. So for instance, if you live in an area of the county that only has bus service Monday through Friday, um, Mm. uh, for example, some areas of the county, they have what we consider commuter service, oh, okay. then that is not an option that people can use on the weekends necessarily. Right. So, okay. Okay. so that is um, one option. Another option is, of course, using the bus and rail system. And all of our buses and, and our rail system are accessible. Of course, like I, I mentioned before, getting to the bus to okay. stop may be an additional barrier. But one great program that's offered that's free is travel training. And both Metro and one of our local nonprofits, the Independent Center of Northern Virginia, both offer free one-on-one travel training to people with disabilities. And they will go out to the person's home, do an assessment to identify where the person wants to learn how to travel to, and they will work with them one-on-one until they're comfortable traveling alone using the bus and rail system. So that's a really great option. Yeah, yeah, okay. Other... And then uh, the county has several subsidized taxi programs. Hmm. There's Taxi Access, which is uh, for registered Metro Access users. There's Seniors on the Go, which is for older adults. Um, One of the things with uh, Seniors on the Go is that there is income um, 
income ceiling on that. And then there's also dial-a-ride, which is uh, for low-income individuals, um, to, and those are three taxi subsidy programs. And wow. the subsidy varies, but you can use any of the registered taxi programs in the county, uh, but you have to buy your taxi coupon books ahead of time. Okay. And there's also volunteer transportation for uh, typically older right, adults over right, 55, right. but that may include people with disabilities. Typically, volunteer transportation would not be an option for people who use wheelchairs that cannot be folded um, mm. into someone's car because volunteers are using their own vehicles. Right. But that's that's another option that people may consider. And um, the other is Fast Trans Critical Medical Care Program for people who, this is just for um, people who are going to what they consider life-sustaining medical treatment. So for people going to dialysis, dialysis and yeah. chemotherapy, radiation, et cetera. Okay, okay. And I know on... Uh, Previous Fairfax 50 Plus and other podcasts we've talked about, uh, it almost seems like a lot of transportation programs, but it must not be enough because there's always a need. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I think that some of the challenges are that if you live outside of a service area, mm-hmm. then you're left out. Or if you make up a, a little bit more than the Income right, requirements. Right. So we, we encounter a lot of people who contact our office who, who just missed the qualification for one of the subsidized taxi programs. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, there just really aren't a whole lot of other options um, for subsidized transportation wow. beyond, you know, if, right. if you earn more than mm-hmm. what the income ceiling is for those programs. I want to go ahead and, and do it now. We'll also, when we close up, get a website phone number. How do people get more information? Because as you were kind of given a quick overview, you know, there's the metro access, the travel training, yes. subsidized taxis, <laughs> the dial-a-ride, there's volunteer. I mean, A, how do people find out about all of these or become aware of them? And then is there a resource where they can go to to maybe perhaps do do that? Absolutely. So on our website, we have a whole transportation section that lays out every transportation option for people with disabilities and includes everything from the contact information to eligibility information to the the fare cost. And then um, so we have that on our, our website. So it's www.fairfaxcounty.gov slash DFS slash disabilities. And it's right on our homepage. There's a transpor- transportation section. Or people can always call our office, too, uh, for assistance. And our uh, main phone number is 703-324-5421. Okay. So fairfaxcounty.gov slash DFS, as in D is in dog, F is in family, S is in Sam, DFS slash disabilities, or call 703-324-5421. Yes. Okay, okay. We'll make sure we cover that at the end as well. But uh, we were throwing out a lot of a lot of programs, a lot of resources, a lot of things. So want to let folks know there is one place where you can kind of catch all this information. Um, as we're starting to, to wind down our time together talking about transportation, I know people like lists of things. I know when we publish things on, you know, our blog post and stuff, you know, the seven most popular this and the three this, you know, is there three, four, five things that we need to know about disability transportation to kind of put it in list format? (laughs) Sure. So the first thing I recommend to people is plan ahead. 
And mm. so even if you may have other ride resources now, maybe a, a family member at home to try to go ahead and look at your options ahead of time because you don't want to be stuck where you have a specialist medical appointment that you've waited several months to, right. to get and you all of a sudden have no transportation options. Right. So plan ahead and look. Also, I recommend being flexible with your transportation. For instance, maybe you want to use the bus to go down the street to the, to the pharmacy to refill your prescription, and then you save, for instance, metro access for your longer trip. So being mm. flexible is a good way, and it's also a good way to stretch those dollars when you're right. living on a fixed income. Okay, okay. And I also highly recommend travel training. I think that when we talk to people with disabilities and older adults, they don't know about that great yeah, resource. Yeah. And it's, it's free. And so I highly recommend that people look into it. I know it can be intimidating, especially if, if someone has been driving their car their whole sure, life absolutely. to all of a sudden go to the bus. But it, it is a really good option and, and it gives a lot of freedom and independence, especially for that on-demand uh, spontaneous trip you want to take to go to the movies or visit a friend. Also, I recommend educating yourself about how to file a complaint. Again, all that information is, is on our website or you could call us to to, for assistance. A lot of times what we find is that people, when they experience a problem using transportation, right, right. a lot of times they call, um, they complain to uh, a manager at, at the metro rail station or they'll call and talk to the person who answered the phone and just vent or right, complain right. about their experience. But it's not an official complaint unless they go through the proper channels of filing a complaint. And especially for if it's related to a disability discriminatory it, um, complaint, for instance, if someone is denied um, going into um, a vehicle because they are using their service dog huh. or if the driver was was rude or refused to pick them up because of their disability those need to be logged through the official channels oh, okay. and so i highly recommend um educating yourself about how to right. file a, a, an official complaint is there is a 30 second overview is there a proper way to do it is it one telephone number is it online under sure. the sure unfortunately there every entity has their own complaint process mm. um so but i just in general always file a complaint in writing is always something we recommend because that way there is a tracking system whether you file it through a lot of the entities have complaint forms that will generate a tracking number mm. or if you send it through email you have a, a reference point of the, when you sent the complaint and always make sure that you're documenting specifics about the situation, the, t the date, the time, the, you know, if it, if it is the bus, the bus number, et cetera. And the more specifics right. about the complaint, the more effective it is in investigating the complaint and right. uh, rectifying the situation for the individual. And, they, and, and folks could call your office if they had questions Absolutely. or maybe needed a little assistance about where to go. Yes, that's okay. what we're here for, okay. for sure. Okay. Sorry, I didn't want to sidetrack you there. Sure. But. And my final um, recommendation is to get involved with, uh, mm. we have a transportation committee that's a joint committee of the Disability Services Board and the Long-Term Care Coordinating Council that is open to residents who are interested in improving transportation for older adults and people with disabilities. So it's a get great way for residents to get involved. And we meet on a monthly basis at the government center. So I highly recommend that people join the committee if they want to 
take a personal mm-hmm. interest and, and get motivated to help us improve transportation services. Okay. okay. A couple of quick questions before we go. I know early on you said there were some openings on the Disability Services Board. Folks could call that number we've mentioned or, yes. or whatever if they want more information. Okay. So that would be 703-324-5421. Yes. Okay. If you're interested in serving on the Disability Services Board. And then I had one question that popped up in my mind. We're talking about filing a complaint. And, and one of the uh, examples you mentioned was uh, not allowing my service dog into the taxi. What about the new taxis of the day, you know, the, the ride services? I don't want to mention company names, but, you know, it's not the traditional taxi services. Sure. Are there uh, rights that people have with, with those as well? So transportation network companies where individuals are using their own vehicles right. to provide a service, that is Actually, it, it's complicated. Yeah. Uh, just because, <laughs> Maybe another show for a tougher another show. Just because, um, you know, it, it's one of it's actually being litigated through the courts right now about whether mm. transportation network companies are entities that have to follow the Americans with Disabilities Act. So okay. that's something that, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think that when they, when the Americans with Disabilities Act was written back in 1990. Who knew knew that we would be, you know, using our phone to hail a ride, much less from me, from from your neighbor or from the, you know, some uh, guy down the street. So, um, so I think that it's just something that we're we're navigating this new technology. So, so perhaps if folks um, have um, uh, experiences, I guess is the right word, good or bad. Yes. Maybe they could at least call your office and let you know just so that y'all have Absolutely. A, a record of yes. in fact, good or bad. Yes. In fact, for transportation network companies, the Virginia DMV is the entity that mm, okay. uh, that is regulating transportation network companies. So if someone has a bad experience, um, re- highly recommend filing a complaint because they have to report on a quarterly basis of, of complaints received. So good we want to make sure that the official complaints are documented. Good point. All right. Um, we are slam out of time. Um, turn it over to you, though, for the for the final word. Anything I haven't asked or anything that you you want to want to throw out there before we wrap it up? Sure. I just encourage everyone to to be open minded, um, especially for people who are faced with giving up their keys what they've been driving their whole lives to to research all of the different transportation options and some people think that they you know may never be able to use a bus and right. to give it a chance and there's resources like travel training available so um, and we're always available as a resource in my office to help people navigate this very complicated system of all the options available. Yeah. Well, and that telephone number again is 703-324-5421. So please call it if you have questions or problems or need assistance, maybe filling out one of the uh, dis- uh, the uh, complaint forms. Or you can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash DFS slash disabilities. Jill, Thanks so much for being with us on the Fairfax 50 Plus. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Good information. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get more county older adult services, recreation, community engagement news information, you can also go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash older adults or call 703-324-7948 Monday through Friday during normal business hours. Now, when you're on the fairfaxcounty.gov slash older adults page, be sure to subscribe to the Golden Gazette newspaper as well as Fairfax 50 Plus E news. Thanks again for listening to Fairfax 50 Plus, produced twice monthly by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.